Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Second hour of Clay and Buck kicks off now, everybody. Thanks for being here. Um, I had mentioned to you this uh, report, which we're going to dive into in a second. But, you know, yesterday we talked about the um, the report, meaning it's millions of dollars that the Democrats say went to Trump. Anyway, put a pin in that for a second. Um, yesterday I talked to you about the strike in um, the, the strike in Iran at a commemoration of Qasem Soleimani's uh, death by drone strike and over 100 people died in the blasts uh, the Islamic State has taken. It was a jihadist, uh, a jihadist Sunni entity, um, which we shall keep an eye on. But I would just note that the, the fact that there was some reporting that was saying, well, you know, Israel did a strike in in Beirut, so, you know, just saying, I was looking at this thing, Israel doesn't blow up, uh, it doesn't intentionally blow up a hundred or hundreds of people in a cemetery, uh, to make some kind of a point. So I said that to you at the time. It was obviously true. And now we know the Islamic State has taken responsibility for that attack. So I just wanted to update you on that. Now, bringing it back home here for a second. Uh, Trump businesses received $7.8 million in foreign payments during his presidency. This is the Democrats, because here's what we know. Hunter Biden, while his dad was vice president and thereafter, received from foreign entities, specifically specifically China and Ukraine, um, agents received millions and millions of dollars wired to LLC-owned bank accounts that he then did not pay taxes on, okay? That's a bribe. That's a bribe. Or you could say that's corruption. But same thing, really. Um, but that's pay. That's paying for access, paying for influence, hiding it from the public, and it's selling out our country. That That's what that is intended to do. When a Chinese businessman says, here's $7 million, when I need to have your dad's ear, you're just going to make that happen for me, um, that's corruption. Okay? So there, there's not really some big mystery here about that. But here's what the Democrats are doing. They're saying, well, uh, Trump, and this goes back, all goes back to the emoluments clause. Remember that? During the Trump administration, which never went anywhere. They, they say, well, Trump's businesses were sometimes uh fr- you know frequented by um i think patronized by is now an old usage of the term but patrons went to uh these places or they became patrons at these places essentially foreign diplomats or foreign businesses spent money in the trump restaurants or rented rooms at the trump hotel for the night now what they don't tell you in this is that, first of all, this is a whole range of different governments that are doing this. And the way that this works isn't you spend $500 or $700 a night for a room at the Trump Hotel and that money goes into Donald Trump's pocket. <laughs> I mean, first of all, Trump's a billionaire. So I don't think he cares that much about the $700 a room, uh, a night room, but he has to pay expenses. 
these are goods and services on the open market, right? If, if I'm running a, if I'm running a liquor store and somebody comes in, they're about to buy a bottle of wine, do they have any leverage on me? They say, I'm going to buy this bottle of wine, but you better tell me all the secrets you know, Buck. You were in the CIA. Tell me all your secrets. I'd say, no, I'm just going to wait till I sell somebody else the bottle of wine. Thank you very much. Also, I'm not going to spill the beans. I mean, for any reason, but I'm not going to spill the beans because you bought a bottle of wine at my place. I can, can we all understand this? There's a difference. I mean, I know you understand this, but it's just so maddening to see what the game Democrats are playing. There's a difference between a businessman or a diplomat from wherever, you know, from Norway, sits down at the Trump Hotel, orders a cheeseburger. He spends, you know, $30, expensive cheeseburger, spends $30 on that cheeseburger. Well, not all of that is profit. It goes to the bottom line of the business, has to pay all staff and employees. I mean, what really ends up in Trump's pocket from that? As, as the uh, as an owner of Trump Hotel, I don't even think he was a hundred percent. Or I think Ivanka and Jared owned a piece of it. Point being, you know, you've got to be kidding me, right? I mean, imagine, imagine if you. I mean, this would be a little bit like saying, um, you know, I I do, I, I donated five dollars to a presidential campaign. Now I own the president. It's insane. You have to think of this in terms of scope and scale. You have to think of this in terms of what leverage. If someone gives you a briefcase with a million dollars and says, I'm going to need a favor from your dad, the vice president, that's meant to be a bribe. If somebody shows up at your restaurant or your hotel and says, I'm going to get a room for the night, nobody cares, right? You have no leverage. No one's going to do you any favor. They're going to rent the room to somebody else or they give the table to somebody else. It is a good exchange on the open market or good or service exchange in the open market. This is for people who have a basic understanding of how a business works. This isn't surprising or complicated at all, but they want to act like diplomats ordering a cheeseburger at the Trump hotel bar is the same thing as what Hunter Biden did. That's what this is all meant to do. That's what this is all, all meant to be. Um, let me see where I'm trying to find some of the, some of them 155 page report, by the way. Um, let me see. China, China state-owned bank. It was a tenant in Trump Tower during the Trump presidency. Okay. You know what would have happened if the Chinese-owned bank wasn't a tenant in Trump Tower? Somebody else would have been a tenant in Trump Tower. Like, there's no leverage here. It doesn't exist. You're not going to get a, you're not going to get, uh, you know, the special treatment from the president because you're a tenant in one of his many buildings? I mean, just, just think about how, how crazy this is, this thinking. Um, let me see. I'm trying, I'm trying to see other places that they, let me see. Um, in June 2017, the director of sales and marketing, Trump Hotel in Washington DC, billed the hotel, uh, 19, uh, $1,950 as a reimbursable business expense for a hotel in China. Um, according to additional expense reports obtained by the committee regarding a reimbursement, I, I mean, really, we're talking about a fifteen, nineteen hundred dollar expense. This, this is in this report. Um, let me see. Saudi Arabia, uh, altogether payments to all Trump businesses, six hundred and fifteen thousand dollars at two Trump properties. So this is for like leasing space, for buying things. Um. 
this money is not a bag of cash that goes to Donald Trump. And this doesn't change anything. These are businesses that were pre-existing before he... What was the Hunter Biden business, everybody? What business was he running? If you buy a room in the Trump Hotel or if you rent office space in Trump Tower, what are you getting? A room or office space. If you give Hunter Biden $7 million for no apparent reason, what are you buying? Not a hotel room. Right? So we all get this. I, I would assume we all understand what's going on here. But I, I just, I, I wanted to address it because if anything, if nothing else, it goes to the, uh, the level of dishonesty. I mean, they really are just assuming that people are stupid. Um, and won't think this through. And that the Trump haters will just, I mean, the Trump haters will jump on this because they hate Trump. So it doesn't matter if it's true or fair or honest. It's anti-Trump. Therefore, they like it. It's anti-Trump. Therefore, the Washington Post prints it. But the efforts, they, they tried to bring court challenges. The efforts, the emoluments clause stuff was always a joke before. It all, it all failed. It all, they've already gone through this. They tried to, oh, Trump's getting paid by foreign governments. Um, and how, how would that even work? You know, Saudi, Saudi Arabia is gonna, I mean, Saudi Arabia, you know, six six hundred thousand dollars to Saudi Arabia is is a a like a filthy penny on the street. It has no meaning to them whatsoever, none. And when you look at this across the entirety of all the Trump enterprises and Trump businesses, this isn't you know, this isn't some game changer. So, uh, you know, I find I find the whole thing honestly um absurd. But this is what you're going to be up against. You're going to be up against people. Democrats who are just so desperate because what this does is it gives it gives people the psychological space to say, well, Trump is corrupt, just like Hunter Biden's corrupt. They both take money from foreign governments. I mean, this is a this is a really a fallacy of scale or a fallacy of degree. It's like I've said before, um, you know, you could have a serial killer. You know, somebody who's killed 10 people and you can have. A person who has jaywalked in the last, you know, couple of years. And you could say that both of these people have committed crimes. They both have committed crimes. Is that fair? <laughs> is that, is that a reasonable thing to do? But these are the psychological manipulations and distortions that are going to become so regular in this election year. And so you just have to be aware. You have to be on, uh, on the lookout for them. Uh, and. And we have to shoot this stuff down. We have to shout it down because, you know, I think there's the old Churchill thing about how a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth can get its pants on. I don't even think that's a real Churchill quote. Is it a real one? I think it's one of those things that people say Churchill said, but he didn't actually say. There's a lot of those for Churchill and Voltaire and didn't actually say the things people said they said. Maybe that one's true. Um, We'll check. But anyway. Uh, we're going to get into the uh, the request for uh, cert for the Supreme Court with Trump, talking about that, and also Biden's J6 ad and much more here coming up in just a few minutes. So be sure you stay with me through all this, my friends. A lot coming up. You'd be amazed at the energy and stamina you can find within yourself when you fortify your body with the, night, with the right nutrients. Fellow audience members who are relying on Chalk's male vitality stack, they're proof positive of that. They have more energy, more drive, and a greater ability to get more done in the course of the day. Chalk makes their vitality sack for both men and women with entirely different formulations using only all-natural ingredients. 
Once you make this a part of your daily regimen, you'll feel the difference and like the way you feel. The men's formulation, for instance, includes a leading ingredient that has been proven in studies to replenish diminished amounts of testosterone in a guy's body by up to 20% in just three months' time. Find Chalk's products online at chalk.com. That's spelled with a Q as in C-H-O-Q.com. Save 35% off any Chalk subscription you choose for the life of it when you use my name, Buck, in your purchase process. That's Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com, and my name, Buck, as your purchase promo code, 30, uh, 35% off, my friends. When you go to Chalk.com, use promo code Buck. He's Buck Sexton. He's Clay Travis. Together, they're breathing sanity into an insane world. All right, so I mentioned this first Biden campaign ad. Now, I know you might say, Buck, why are you going to play a Biden campaign ad on the show? Well, because it's not going to sway any of you, uh, I hope. Um, but it does give you a sense of what the whole campaign is going to be. Because as I've said, if you hired me, if I was like a PR uh, hired gun, so to speak, for the Biden campaign. If I, if I was meant to just go out, you know, do what the press secretary or the, uh, you know, national spokesman or whatever is going to do for the Biden campaign. Um, and they said, list Biden's accomplishments. Uh, it would be really challenging because you'd have to just make, you'd have to make stuff up. They'll do that, but that's what it's going to take because there is no real list of accomplishments to speak of. Um, but there's also, the Trump fear factor that they're going to be leaning into as much as they possibly can. And this ad, I think, goes right to that or begins to set the stage for it. Uh, this cut five. It's the first Biden campaign fear mongering experience. Play it. There's an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs in our democracy. All of us are being asked right now, what will we do to maintain our democracy? History's watching. The world is watching. Most important, our children and grandchildren will hold us responsible. The Vice President and I have supported voting rights since day one of this administration. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. (sighs) History is watching. Our democracy is at stake. That's just not true. I mean, when is it our democracy is at stake? First of all, I know it's a republic, not a democracy, but you know, we, people use these terms. Um, the country's not going to end if Donald Trump wins. We all know that. I think Joe Biden knows that. Some Democrats don't because they're delusional and, and they have created uh, a, a disconnect from reality in their minds that they are not in control of anymore. I mean, they've, they've gone to a place where it no longer makes, uh, you know, it just no longer makes any sense and they don't care. And this makes them feel good about themselves. Um, so that's a, a Biden ad. I, I want to point out there's a Trump attack ad against Nikki Haley that is running in New Hampshire. This is cut six. Let's play this one. Record numbers streaming across our border, costing taxpayers billions, and almost as many Americans killed from fentanyl as killed in World War II. Yet Haley and Biden oppose Trump's border wall, confirm warnings of terrorists sneaking in through our southern border. Yet Haley joined Biden in opposing Trump's visitor ban from terrorist nations. Haley's weakness puts us in grave danger. Trump's strength protects us. Ooh, I mean, maybe it doesn't matter for 
the long term, because I know that there are people that are pushing, I don't know if it'll happen, that are pushing for Nikki Haley to be a Trump VP. Those discussions are uh, happening. I don't know how much it really matters. Uh, Trump is campaigning, as I said, with, uh, I believe, today with Noam in Iowa, or he will be imminently uh, campaigning with Christine Noam in Iowa, which she has all along been someone that people have considered a possible Trump vice presidential pick. Um, haven't heard much about Carrie Lake recently, but, you know, she's somebody else who has been described as a possible Trump presidential pick, uh, vice presidential pick. So, uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, Haley, Haley is, I, I'd want to hear what she says about the border. The, the question I really want to be asked next week, I don't know how much any question will really matter in the debates at this point, but the one that I would really want to know is, what do you think of, or what are you going to do about the, uh, illegals? That involves deportation. That word has to come into the conversation. And any discussion of what we're going to do, because the incentive has to change from I come in illegally and I will stay to I actually may go through this whole process and then be forced to leave. If you do not change the incentive structure for illegal immigration, it will not stop. Period. Full stop. That's the way it goes. So... You know, Trump has talked about this. I want to hear him talk about it more. I'm sure, I think he's doing the town hall with Sean, right? Oh no, it's with, uh, Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. So Trump, uh, will be talking to Brett and Martha. I, I hope they'll ask about deportation specifically, but that's top of mind, uh, on the immigration issue right now. The beginning of the year is used as a reset for so many of us. You know, resolutions and all that stuff, a new resolve to diet, to save money, cut back on expenses. Well, I can help you with the last one, cutting back on expenses. You can save 60 70 even $80 a month. Switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk, which is a cell phone service that I rely on. Get phenomenal coverage from Pure Talk on America's most dependable 5G network for just 20 bucks a month. This is how the average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. You'll also be switching to a wireless company that shares your values. Pure Talk is a veteran-owned, U.S.-based company with a U.S.-based customer service team. They aren't afraid to invest in shows like ours. They believe in what we're doing, so they deserve your support and your dollars, your business. Dial pound 250 now. Say the keywords Clay and Buck. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's pound 250. Say the keywords Clay and Buck. Welcome back in here. Uh, 800-282-2882. We've been talking about the uh, Biden campaign ads and... um also, well, Biden campaign ad, the main one that's come out, and then also the only one, and where things are looking um, going into Iowa. And you only have a few people who are really still in the mix. But based on the numbers, there would have to be, you know, this is like uh, the, it's the end of a, of a, I was going to say Indianapolis 500, but I don't know much about that kind of racing. I don't really know much about any kind of racing. It's the end of the race, and unless somebody all of a sudden triples their speed, they're about to be lapped by Donald Trump, right? It's it's all over. Um, it could happen. I get it. It could happen. But what's interesting, I think, is no matter what you think of the um, likelihood that Trump wins this primary uh, and that he wins it bigly, bigly, hugest primary win, um, some people are saying, and no matter what you think about it, there's the possibility that there's, or 
just the future leadership of the Republican Party. Remember, Trump can only be president for four more years. I think even his most, uh, even the most ardent Trump supporter recognizes that he can only be president for four more years. That's it. And so that means it's a short presidency. It could be a very impactful presidency, but a short one. And so then you get into who is going to be the next generation of leadership. Um, here is, well, actually, you know what? Let's start with this one. Harris Faulkner over on Fox News. Nikki Haley made a comment about the Civil War. I just want you to hear how Nikki Haley responds when Harris is trying to get to well, what were you really saying there? Play, this is cut eight. Play. Really? The media is the only one that has talked about this issue. No, that's I, not actually not true. Not one person on the ground in Iowa, not one person on the ground in New Hampshire or Iowa are talking about it. I've done multiple town halls. We have done 150 town halls. I answer every question from Republicans, from Democrats, from independents. And I'm happy to talk about this. Look, others have even said that was a Democratic plant who was in that town hall. Um, you have said that, in fact. Whatever, it's a question put to you. And on a re-ask, what would you have me say about slavery was your answer. So this all goes to Nikki Haley when she was asked for the causes of the Civil War. Um, and she did not mention in her answer slavery. Now, for the historians out there, um, or the you know amateur historians, professional historians, uh, there, like with any war, there are multifaceted causes and complexities. And it is true, you know, there are some things, for example, we could discuss, like there were states where there were slaves still held who fought for the Union, right? And that uh, Lincoln, with the Emancipation Proclamation, freed uh, slaves in states that were still under the control of the Confederacy, right? I mean, there there were some components to this um and and some complexity in the in the discussion as we've as i've mentioned before one thing that always really sends um liberals into a rage is discussing that there were documented cases of uh black americans in the south who owned slaves themselves right so you know there's a lot of things you can talk about here it's but nikki haley getting um a little bit indignant or a, a little defensive when pushed on this stuff i i think she tends to get uh defensive very easily that, that's that's my look you're free to disagree with that some of you like the ferrari movie i think you're crazy but you're allowed to like the ferrari movie some of you love nikki haley i i i don't i don't really have you know a, a strong feeling on, on her as a candidate she's her at least ostensibly a Republican. I'm, I'm sure I agree with her on more things than I agree with Joe Biden on, but, um, anyway, Ron DeSantis laid into this one a little bit. Um, and he went after Nikki Haley on what happens when you ask her, this is cut nine, when you ask her some standard or straightforward questions, play it. And I think she's had very difficult time recently because she had been pumped up by liberal media, which I understand. She's the liberal candidate running. And now she's come under scrutiny and she's not been able to handle basic questions that people are asking. She's not been able to defend her record as governor of South Carolina, where she was the number one governor of bringing in Chinese Communist Party investment into her state. In Florida, I banned China from buying land in Florida. I kicked them out of our universities. So it's just a contrast in Visions, contrast and records, and clearly Republican voters are going to prefer my vision to hers. 
Now, these two are going to be facing off in a CNN debate, CNN moderated debates, um, where the goal of CNN is going to be to make them both look as bad as possible. But that's going to be happening uh, next Wednesday. Donald Trump is going to have a town hall with Fox on Fox and with Fox News uh, anchors, and I think that will have much higher uh, that will have much higher viewership, which Trump will probably mention. Um, and I think he will certainly will mention it. But why does, why does Haley DeSantis matter? Some of you may just be saying it doesn't buck because Trump, which is fine. But I think over the long term, there is something here, uh, regardless of whether Trump is even the nominee. And it's who is going to be, which direction does the GOP go in and who will be the next generation of leadership within it? Trump is going to have to anoint someone if he becomes president again, right? I, I think we all know that. There's going to have to be some. Now, maybe it'll just be somebody that has, you know, is not anointed by Trump and they'll just. But it's kind of hard when you have a leader of the party who is the president. You would think that his uh his stamp of approval on the next generation of leadership for the GOP is something that will be significant. And I I do wonder, as much as it has been a bruising campaign so far and the huge focus of negative media from republic from republicans like the trump campaign has been against ron desantis that's just a matter of uh public record from the uh, campaign finance disclosures i mean the negative ads against desantis are just through the roof but i wonder if going forward uh trump will decide that uh that desantis will be somebody who in 2028 the party should look at or will he be more favorable toward the donor candidate choice right now, Nikki Haley? Um, what about Vivek Ramaswamy? Vivek came out of nowhere, politically speaking. Obviously, guys made a lot of money, and he goes on Fox a lot. Uh, but he came from no political background whatsoever, and he is now a a household name. And and he's even um, gotten all of well, almost all of us in the media to say his first name correctly, which I think all of us were saying improperly for a long time. Vake rhymes with cake for anyone who's wondering. Um, and then there are some others. I mean, Chris Christie is not a, he is, um, not a Republican in it for the Republican party. Um, I think he's very clearly just an anti-Trump candidate. And, and at this point he'll just say, it. I mean, he went on the view, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like this thing ever of a Republican going into a Democrat stronghold. It's, to me, it's a little bit like you never talk badly about your family to outsiders. You know what I mean? You know, you, you can get into it with your family at home, you know, argue, you know, respectfully. But, you know, you, you can have arguments with the family. You can have, you know, family beefs that you got to settle. And you should always settle them and always, you know, end up hugging and loving each other. Just saying. Um, but you never, you never trash family to like outsiders and, and in front of outsiders, right? That's just, I just think that's a rule. I mean, it's a rule I live by. I think it's an important rule. I hate when Republicans go on Democrat shows and trash Republicans. I hate it. I really, you know, I just, to me, it's just pathetic. It's like begging for a pat on the head from the libs. And there are still so many people that are at least officially or, or, you know, theoretically, part of the GOP and they just still need that little pat on the head from, you know, from the New York Times or from the view. 
So, you know, Chris Christie's talking to Joy Behar here. He goes to the, the dumbest Democrat program of any substantial audience size, uh, I think in the whole country. And he says that he would, uh, he would let Trump actually go to prison, play cut seven. If you became president, no. would you pardon him? No. 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 And, no. And, and the, the reason is, because one of the things as a governor, I, I issue pardons. And one of the things you have to do is look at the person. The person has to accept responsibility for what they did. Do you think Donald Trump will ever accept no. responsibility no. for anything he did? It would be really the easiest pardon decision I would ever have to make as president. You don't accept responsibility. Too bad. Go to jail. Yeah, that's actually a really dumb analysis of it, too. Um, it's about more than a normal. You know, this isn't about some guy who, you know, was caught selling too much weed and so a mandatory minimum kicks in and you know do you take responsibility uh this is a former president of the united states now look i don't think trump is going to jail i don't think this is gonna i know chris christie's not going to be president so we know that's not happening um ever but and he knows it too and we've we've had him on and people get mad at me that why do you guys have him on i think you should hear from the you know anti-trump right sometimes so that you can you know, hear the argument, and I mean, in my case, you know, you hear Clay and I, we tr- we are respectful of the guest, we disagree with the guest. In this case, you know, with Chris Christie, when it comes to Trump, we just disagree. We just disagree. We just think that what he said, but you should hear it at least and be presented, because our side is the side. I think this is so important about conservatives. Our side is the side that wants to know the arguments, the real arguments. Of those who disagree with us. It's the left who creates this little echo chamber of, no, it's just, I can't even. They make fictional versions of the argument the other side has. They have no idea. I know what every, I could do, I mean, it would be kind of funny experiment. I could do, tell me what MSNBC show or what, you know, uh, left-wing podcast you want me to. And I could tell you what they're going to say about everything. I could make their arguments for them in advance. And, you know, my diction would be different. It would be better. Um, but I would be able to make their arguments, you know, I would be able to explain what it is they think they could, very few of them could even begin to do that for most people on the right. And none of them could do that for this show. None of them. So that always, I think, tells you something. So I understand. Look, sometimes, you know, you, you hear from something you don't necessarily agree with. Um, but I think it's important that at least among Republicans that we're respectful and we hear them out. But when Chris Christie says he would let a former president, former president go to prison, over this stuff? I mean, you gotta be kidding me, man. Come on. You know, yeah, like, uh, triple vehicular homicide where a former president gets super drunk and takes three lives. Yeah, I, I do think he can, there, I do think that presidents can go to prison for things. Some documents that the president says he declassified that were his, that he kept somewhere that nobody saw, that he had the presidential prerogative to keep anyway. I mean, we're really, we're really gonna do this. And I can get, you know, I'm not even getting into New York. I'm not even getting into Georgia. It's, it's absurd. You know it's absurd. I know it's absurd. So that's, I shouldn't say it's disappointing because I guess that's what Christie's been saying all along, but he's no longer in the race. Not really. Some of the best family get togethers include rehashing old memories. And when you have visuals to go along with that storytelling, it's even better. But unless you happen to just have been born in the era of cell phone cameras, most of the visuals were captured on old school video cams or cameras with film. If you have a box of VHS tapes or photo albums, it's time to digitize those memories. Legacy Box can do it for you. Their team of 200 technicians in Tennessee has perfected the art of digitally transferring your old movies and photos onto digital files. It's important to do this because video and print photos disintegrate over time or they even get lost or damaged. Look, 
My in-laws, uh, particularly my uh, father-in-law, was going through stacks of photos the day after Christmas so that they could send in their legacy box that we got them as a Christmas gift. And now we're going to be able to see all these cool photos. Uh, you know, Carrie's got family members who uh, were, I think her great-grandfather was a Pacific World War II ace in the naval, a naval aviator. So we're going to get some really interesting old photos that we can share digitally, we can share on the website, thanks to Legacy Box. You got to do this for your own family. It is so cool. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Buck to get started and have this box sent to you. You can fill with all your old photos and videos. That's LegacyBox.com slash Buck. If you sign up today, you'll save 50%. Kick off the new year by taking on this fun project. Go to LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K. Need a break from politics? A little comedy to counter the craziness? So do we. The Sunday Hang, a weekend podcast to lighten things up a bit. Find it in the Clay and Buck podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Man, I can't believe we're coming into the end of the second hour. We're going to be in the third hour here of the show soon. Um, and still so much more to get into. The the Trump legal team requests for a writ of certiorari. Am I getting that right? Legal legals out there? The uh, legal folks? Um Writ of cert, much easier to say, uh, effectively or essentially asking the Supreme Court to weigh in on whether they can just kick Trump off the ballot for the because I say so rule of insurrection, which I, I think that there's n- no chance they're going to be able to win this thing. It's just a question of how many of the Supreme Court justices are willing to be sane on this one. Um, so I think that's, I think it's important that we continue to follow this. Uh, let me see. James in Florida wants to join in on the Biden ad. What's going on, James? Well, for 30 years, I listened to Rush and I enjoyed listening to you and Clay. And what I want to say, uh, I pray to the Lord Jesus Christ for this country and to protect this country and to help Donald Trump. And our founding fathers would take Jack Smith and all these evil communist judges and put them in front of a firing squad. And that may be why they'll take Biden to save our country. Biden, you go to hell, okay. We, we got to get James to calm down a little bit there. Um, James, thank you for, uh, for, for calling in. Um, no, well, we, I don't, I don't even think, uh, I don't even think that there's, are there still, are there still some states where even as a matter of law, there are firing squads? I think there actually are. Am I right, guys? Um, but anyway, no, no, no. We, we don't advocate for anything, uh, anything violent here. And, um, Jack Smith is a partisan hack, but the way to defeat Jack Smith is to beat him with a Trump victory at the ballot box or a Republican victory at the ballot box if you're not a Trump person, which is fine. It's amazing when people say to me, they're like, who have you, um, who have you endorsed? Or rather, they get mad at me. They're saying, you know, why do you? I said, we didn't. We don't endorse anybody here. Uh, in the prior, obviously, the general election, we're Republicans. But I mean, we're in the primary. We're not endorsing anybody. And and I try to be fair minded about Trump's massive lead while also Iowa's coming up. So let's see how let's see how it goes. Um, because, you know, we have about, I think, half of this audience um, that doesn't. Uh, that isn't at this point in for Trump and about half the audience, maybe 60% of the audience is all in for Trump. So, you know, we're just analyzing and talking about it. So we got the writ of certiorari discussion with the Supreme Court coming up. We also have, um, 
this judge who was attacked by a uh, by a defendant now a well he was found guilty so uh, by a criminal in the courtroom this has gone super viral we actually have the video up on clayandbuck.com but i think it goes to the utter contempt that so many lawbreakers have for the system at the uh, highest level we'll talk about this next hour